The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. This is the intentional foul. Still the playoff version. The distracted version. Barely, today. I know. The game's going on as we speak. I don't know how long we should talk and just good night, everybody, and go, go watch the game. Well, the way these games have gone, you know, we're, we're in the sixth inning right now. And, and we're probably good for at least another couple yeah, if hours. We, if we do a 45 to 50 minute podcast, it'll probably be top seven. Brewers will have made nine pitching changes, and I like. And given that this is what game five, yep. I love how I love listening to all the old dogs of baseball and what Council and the Brewers are doing with some of the storied franchises like Boston and LA. And what they're doing to go away from everything that they've ever grown up knowing about the game, it's just making their heads explode. It's providing me with a lot of entertainment. Well, we kind of talked about it last week when you brought it up to me about my position on it. And it's it's just, it's so strange. Um, I, you know, nobody wants the Brewers to win more than I do. But I'm also not really a fan of gimmicks. Um, I don't. I don't like when... Teams okay. hold the ball in basketball. Right. I, I don't like, you know, when it is Jalen Johnson. You know, that, uh, I, I'm just not a gimmick guy. What they did in game five here today, starting Miley, letting him go for one guy just so they could, you know, mess with the Dodger lineup. It, you know, I don't think it worked today because the Dodgers had a couple guys in the lineup yep. today that they did not have in uh, yesterday. Um, you know, what if some of that I stuff, though, what if like the bullpen things, and I know you're not a gimmick guy, what if, and I think this happens in all sports, and I think we saw it particularly um, just drawing on a local level of Ted Thompson and John Schneider, who used to be for the Seahawks and whatnot, and building through the draft, and that's how you orchestrate things. What if, And then a lot of teams tried to duplicate that or emulate that or however you want to put it. What if this whole bullpen thing that has now become a part of a postseason, what if teams look at that and then they put their analytics people on it and then it starts to catch on, not everywhere, but a couple of different clubs and we saw this here and then it starts to be more of a trend where it's not so unheard of and maybe not necessarily a gimmick, but you see a gradual shift to more of this being employed on a regular basis. Is that even a possibility? I mean, I suppose... um... I think that the bottom line is it's it's going to depend on how your players react to it. Mm-hmm. Because if it if it and Smoltz said it the other night, if this starts affecting guys' money, oh, then that no, can't this do is it. not going to fly. Right? Because if you're going to sign a guy, if Milwaukee goes out this this winter and they want to sign a free agent pitcher, if I'm the free agent pitcher, how are you going to are you going to pay me like a right. starter? Or are you going to pay me like a reliever? And and how are you going to use me? I, you know, those right. are going to be the things that are going to be interesting going forward. I didn't think about that whole structure, and then if that catch, catches on, how much that would have to be reworked 
you got to think somehow, right? Oh no, I you're mean, right. You are you are absolutely right. I didn't I didn't take it from the but, financial level. I was specifically looking at a sure. a game management standpoint. I, I think what will be interesting to see if if the Brewers win this series in six or seven games, mm-hmm. um, do these guys have enough gas in the tank to play another seven game series? I mean, the bullpen for the Brewers has been great. They pitched 12 shutout, or, well, no, 11 shutout innings last night. They gave up a run in the first, yep, and they then gave the up 13th. a run in the 13th. They, they shut them out every inning yep, between that. That's right. You, you can't really expect that. No, you of know, course not. You can't How expect that. How many times that. have we, you and I talked, you just waiting for things to just implode? Well, so, yeah. Somebody to blow, you can't, and especially like, and you mentioned when we were walking in. You're not playing the Reds. No. You could probably keep a lineup yep. like that or somebody like the Marlins or some, somebody you can probably keep down if if your guys are on fire. Well, if you face a good lineup, <laughs> sooner or later, they're going to get to you. I was expecting a, a text from you this morning after my boy, Junior Guerra, gave up the run last night, but you can't even really fault the reliever. He, no. He, he was into his fourth yes. inning. Yes. He probably didn't even, you know, reasonably probably didn't think he would pitch Maybe at all two? or that much. You know, at some point the offense has got to come alive and score. But you know, the Dodgers can say the same thing. They've been leaving guys all over the base pass all series. Yeah, well, um, it's a, just a whiff fest. It it it's, yesterday. it's not been a pretty series. No, you know, there's been very little action. Um, but that's why you hang on everything that happens because you know, for how how little has happened, you never know when one little thing could be. The thing that winds sure. up winning the game. Yep, yep, it's true. It's so. it's it's a it's a different kind of baseball that not everybody likes. Um, I, you know, I I was talking, to, I was texting with a buddy today, and and I kind of likened it to what you're seeing in the NBA with the three pointers. You know, Detroit, the Detroit Pistons now their center Andre Drummond, who's about seven feet tall, two hundred and ninety pounds. They've got him out shooting threes. And this is a guy that led the NBA in rebounding last year, and he is a 50, 50% free throw shooter. So here's an idea. Yeah. Let's have him shoot from Let's, farther away. Yeah, that's that's puts that we will put Shaq behind the three-point line it, and get him spotting there, up. There's this mindset in sports now, and it's, you know, you and I are kind of on that. We're kind of on the edge of new school, old school, just, by, you know, based on our age. And... I came up with a new word for all of this stuff. <laughs> this is okay. Yeah, it used Hold to on, be, let me get settled. Yeah, all right, let me. All right, it, it, we, I'm ready. We, we used to call it strategy. Yes. Now it's called strategy. I like that because that's all that these guys worry about. Yeah. It's a bunch of guys now running teams with that, clipboards that, and that, computer that, databases. They, they could never hit a curveball. They could never guard anybody in a basketball game, but. There's an algorithm that some guy at MIT came up with to tell them the value of something. Now, you could ask them about strategy, and they would probably, I have no idea, but I can tell you what guy is I good in what you, position yes. and facing what count and, yep. and everything. If that, it's a 3-2 count right. and the sun is out and it's 6.30 or after... And, and the wind is blowing east to west. And you're north of the Mason-Dixon line. And you just had a hangnail removed. <laughs> you've got a better chance to hit to right field. It's like, really? Come on. Well. You know, at some point, you just got to throw your best guys out there and say, you know what? If if we get beat, we get beat. Um, 
That's but but again, Strategy. that's the like old it. school in yeah, us. That's that, right. We're we're dinosaurs in that. You know this this stat revolution in all sports. Where you see it in football. I saw Rodgers is the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 400 yards in back-to-back games with no interceptions. And it's like, well, that's pretty impressive. But if you watched or followed those games, the Packers were getting their butt kicked yes. for what? Out of 120 minutes, about 110 of those minutes. I'd say 118. So but they're all right. constant. Of course, he's throwing for all yeah. those yards because they're yeah, constantly trailing. Yeah. So the stat is irrelevant. Well, another irrelevant stat, if you want to talk defense, they came in with, I want to say, a top 10, maybe even top five. I want to say it was fourth. I, I, I might be wrong. But in terms of total yards given up, they were in the top 10, maybe in the top five. Yeah. Now, conventional wisdom would say that's a great defense. If you but watch if any watched of the them, games, yeah. you know that is the furthest thing from the truth. Right. Right. They like, get, they got, you know, the. The numbers are a little skewed because the Bears' offense didn't do much in Week One. It didn't have hardly anything to do with the Packers. It had more to do with the Bears than you know. That's why a lot of this stuff and some of it. And don't get me wrong, some of it is extremely valuable and and can and should be implemented in in certain ways. But you know, sometimes you get a little in the weeds. I mean, Travis Shaw hit thirty two home runs this year. And you didn't start him in Game 4, and they're not starting him today in Game 5 because he doesn't hit lefties Lefties well. But in Game 2, he hit a homer off a lefty. As Coach O'Leary famously liked to say, and still likes to say, and I like to remind him because I I heard it this this year on uh, a fun football broadcast, don't overwork the BB. Yeah. And I think a lot of times... When you're trying to get that advantage of a strategy or a strategy or both, you you kind of outthink yourself. Yeah. And then you wind up in a position where you didn't necessarily need to be in. No. And, and look, I, I think in regards to the Brewer series, win or lose, you know, if, if the Brewers go on and, and the Dodgers win this and go to the World Series, I don't think anybody's, I don't think it's fair to criticize counsel. On on how he used the pitching because the pitching is not the reason why it's two to two right now. The reason it's two to two is the offense. Yes. And last night they start Jonathan Scope, and I think it was a very very tough spot to put him in. He hadn't played in a couple of weeks. He might have got a couple of spot pinch hit at bats, um, but you just throw him in there in the fourth game of the NLCS. <laughs> And then he goes all for five, and everybody's screaming, "You got to get him out! You can't play him!" Um, but at the same time, you've got Travis Shaw sitting on the bench, going, well, "Wait a minute! How's this why, guy? Why playing? am I not playing? Right? Well, you know, I deserve. I I played all year. I was one of the four or five best guys in this yep. team. You know, and that's the kind of stuff. And and you know, was there a stat? I saw that Shope was Scope was all for eight lifetime against Rich Hill. Mm-hmm. Well. Then why did he play yesterday? <laughs> I don't, I, I, you know, if you're gonna, if you had to start a righty, start Perez, yep. maybe because yep. he's been playing more consistently. So, you know, there's things to second guess, but you know, I guess we'll we'll have to see how it all plays out, and we'll we'll either be bitching or excited next Wednesday. Well, so. you caught us up to Game Five very nicely with the uh, when the kind of like the synopsis of all the games one through four. Um, and hoping for a little bit of a repeat today with maybe Woodruff going deep off Kershaw again. Yeah, be um, nice. That would have been nice. Um, Miley was good again. Jeffress yeah, he was great. With uh, 
not great in game two. Shasin was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, gave you, five, I think it was five and a third or five and two thirds. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Josh Hader coming in for a couple outs and not coming back out. Yeah, in game three. And then the game four marathon, which I stayed up for the Gio Gonzalez ankle injury. And then I went to bed while you watched the entire thing, which you probably then went to sleep about the time I got up. I was sitting there watching that when Miley rolled his ankle. I'm just thinking to myself. You mean uh, Gio. Or when Gio did it, I'm just thinking to myself, should we put pitchers in the same classification as kickers and just call them all (laughs) non-athletes? Probably not. (laughs) Good Probably Lord. Probably not, but... How do you blow your ankle out just get, I mean... Leaving your feet to yes. feel the ground ball. And you're, you know, you're coming down on the mound and it's a little bit slanted and all, but... Yeah. The hater thing's interesting. Um, it, it really only matters if, it, if he has to pitch today. You know, because yesterday was fine. He, you know, he pitched an inning, did, did his thing. Yep. Um, got the guys out in game three that they wanted him to get out. Mm-hmm. But now today, he's never pitched three days in a row. Um, it's two to one right now in the sixth. The Dodgers mm-hmm. are leading. So as it stands now, you, we very well may not see not, him. Probably not going to have him. Um, but, you know, if you do need him, is he is he ready? Is he is he is he able to go? Or are we going to hear, well, you know, we really probably shouldn't have pitched him on three days in a row. I mean, you know, that's... You can't second guess it yet because we don't know how this right. game plays out. But uh, it's it's an interesting thing to talk about. Any pitcher will probably tell you, "Let's go! For I'm, sure. I'm I'm ready. I'm you know I'm up for the challenge." And what is he? Twenty four years old. I mean, if he can't throw an inning for three days, I mean, come on, when can you? You know, I'm just I. The thought of the Brewers World Series got me really excited after the Rockies sweep, and then you know they win. The first one, and you're like, okay, now we're maybe thinking that this is a little more real. Then you go out to L.A., and okay, you got that one. And now after last night, I, there's just so much of an up and down roller coaster thing. And I, I think game two is going to be the one that we're going to look back on. Um, it's <clears throat> kind of similar. I think it was game three in 2011 when um, against the Cardinals when the it was one to one. They went to St. Louis. And uh, I believe it was Kotze ended up starting in center that night and made an error right away. And the Brewers got behind, and Renneke was crucified pretty good for putting Kotze out there when you've got Niger, who had been playing well, and you got Gomez, and you're going to put your third stringer out there because he wanted the lefty bad. Yeah, play, but, play you know, those matchups. Yeah, but the yeah game two with, with, with Jeremy Jeffers coming in late and, and giving up that lead, man, that... That was one. I was at that game, and uh, crowd got pretty restless. I would say, that. yeah, there was some. There was a lot of, a lot of Jeffress complaining going on, yep. and and he's one of my favorite Brewers, so it wasn't coming from me, but he's struggling right now. Yeah, he is. He is. There's and no getting he, around. He, it. he likes the fact that his teammates are supporting him, which obviously, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and Council still goes to him, but it, you know, there's there's. <sighs> There's something about coaches, and I will put this on every coach, no matter the sport, and it's nice that you show loyalty to your guys, and it's nice that you show confidence, but at the same time, I'm just wondering if it's that well-founded, or do you feel like you have to do it? Do you put your posi- your team into a, in a, in a less successful position 
by doing that and showing that confidence just so you don't lose a guy or don't lose uh, respect or, you know, whatever you want to call it. I, I just don't know if some of those times you need to think you prove a point by saying this guy is better than people are saying. The criticism is unfounded. I back him. And then all of a sudden it blows up in your face. Yeah, well. And 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 I realize you have to do that in the public to a degree. But when the game's on the line, what's more important? Well, but again, and this is going to make us make me sound like the old guy. I think we're set up for actually but one of those shows, to be honest. There's a lot of sensitivity these days yeah. with with younger athletes and, you know, Jeffers isn't you know, he's not 22, he's 30, but so maybe it doesn't apply to him as much. But some of these guys, you know, you take them out and you show that maybe you don't have 100% confidence in them, you lose them. They're just gone. They're just mentally gone. And, uh, you know, so, and the managers know these guys obviously better oh, than we do. They know, not saying you know, that. There, there's, you know, this from playing sports as well as I do. There's some guys you got to coddle and there's some yes. guys you can yell at. So you got to know. Who's who? Um, you know they took Knable out of the closer spot. Has not affected him. No. He's been fantastic. Yep. Um, you know if you did that to Jeffress, would it affect him? I don't know. Only they know. So hard to say. Well, next week this time we'll either be talking about the World Series or we'll be pretty much putting a bow on the Brewer season and talking about a series that I probably won't really care much about. Yeah, I won't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll put it on the background, but I. It will be a series of oh that would have been great. Who's a, who's playing football tonight in the MAC <laughs> oh, on a one a two on a Wednesday? Nobody. Or a Thursday. Yes, there are nobody there that's be. nobody that's watching. Nobody. Well, maybe you're not. Uh, Astros and Red Sox watched a little bit of that game um, on uh, on Tuesday. Saw the Bradley Grand Slam. Open that one up wide. Um, Boston just looks really good. Yeah, they yeah they didn't win 108 on accident. No. You know, I I haven't watched a ton of this series. But, no, and, and neither have I. But the little bit I have seen, um, I think this one's going seven. Yeah, yeah. These okay. teams don't like each other. No. Um, there's a little, uh, you know, Alex Cora, the Boston manager. He was the bench coach for Houston last year. Um, so there's a, there's a little something going Speaking on. Speaking of not liking, let's go back to the whole Manny Machado no. thing. And I guess. He just got hit in the last inning, and I don't know what the circumstance was. Mm. I know Turner got hit earlier in in the ball game, um, but I saw that then Machado finally got hit. Well, he did get sus- uh, a fine, fine. today and, and of ten was, grand. Oh, that's what it was, okay. which is less than he makes in an inning. So, I mean, he's going to be a free agent. I mean, really? so, I mean it's not really going to, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, he. Uh, I never really watched him much because he was in the American League. Everybody are, just says, all I know about him is he's a great player. He's a great player, but he has had some instances over his career. Um, you know, the 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 two slides on Arcia, not a big deal to me. Well, not, not, I should, not dirty. No. Dumb. Yes, and against the rules as they are now defined. Correct. correct. Not dirty, but dumb. What he did to Aguiar last night was dirty. That was a dirty play. Yes. And you've played first base. Yes. You, you know that as well as anybody that, you know, was Aguiar on the base a little too long? Yeah, yeah, probably. Doesn't matter. Overriding factor to me, you know, and you just said earlier that day or the day before, hustling to first is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then 
if you're not concerned about getting to the base and you know you're already going to be out, a conventional wisdom, and I've used that phrase probably a little bit too much, says you'll either just get out of the way, it doesn't matter, you'll slide off, maybe hit the, the, the right side of the bag with your left toe and just be done with the whole thing. Instead, he takes the inside track, mm-hmm. looks down to see where he's going, and then clobbers his shin right right above the ankle. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you you can't tell me that oh it was an accident and all that. No, that was deliberate, and you were doing it to be a giant douchebag. Every yeah, every former player, former or current player I've seen today today on either Twitter or on television has said it was a dirty play. Um, I even saw Scooter Jeanette and Brett Phillips on Twitter today had a little back and forth about it, where Scooter was not taking Machado's side, but taking the side of Aguiar, who there, who is his friend, was on the bag too long, and and Brett Phillips came out and said, maybe, but you would have never done that, Scooter, if you were Machado's place, and Scooter said, you're right, that was dirty, so. Okay. Guy I gets a reputation. It's it's yep. it's not going to matter when the Cubs give him two hundred and seventy five million dollars and overpay the hell out of him next year to replace their their, gonna, their dirt ball shortstop yep. that they currently employ. Well, then they're going to find another one of just you know not necessarily as bad out in uh, actual you know human decency categories that we know of. Yeah, out, out in the, right. Yeah. In the general public um, needs a new barber. That's for certain. Good <laughs> Christ. Cornrows in 2018. Like, what did I? I saw the what was the, the the meme today of who wore it better and the the fan on the Miller Park or the back of Machado's head and it's the cornrows are lined up with the with the fan oh, on, the, yeah. on, on the way the dome is for Miller Park Jeez. and it looks almost identical. Unbelievable, it's really good. Yeah, kid, right. kid and play called. They want yeah. their, they want their high top fade back. <laughs> Skull Machado. Okay, we can we can move forward with that. I just had to get that out of there because that's that's a guy that I'm gonna not have a problem with um, booing lustily going forward after he's what he's done in this series. Well, let's so. get a little football going. Oh and man, be interested to hear this. Well, and again, I said on Tuesday it was one of those things where the Brewers game ends. You turn the Packer game on if you're. You know, if you're a Wisconsin fan and you have to prioritize, you have been flipping back and forth because, I mean, let's be honest, the Packers are very uninspiring um, this year. But Rodgers and Green Bay ties it up two minutes to go, and then you watch the rest of the game. And and you had said, I think, probably the most accurate thing on um, Tuesday morning, you were looking forward to Packers fans really getting excited about how this team is back and going forward after the bye and it's going to be And I and I was not great. I was not disappointed. Weren't you? Oh no, that happened all day long. I didn't check in yeah. with you after that, oh, yeah. so. Yeah. I and I generally tune out that kind of stuff. Um Rogers is oh he's amazing and I, oh oh he just okay. he brings it back again you, and, Yeah, you can be and you can be all those things. It doesn't change the way that the team is not good. No. They're not. It's just not. I told you that all all summer long. This team did not have much talent on it, man, and they don't. Their defense is terrible. They get. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> they got shredded by Matt Bereda <laughs> and a sixty-eight-year-old Adrian Peterson a couple years weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Really, C.J. Beathard. I mean, I don't even know who that is. If you want to get excited about Rogers. Getting Richard Sherman to make a stupid penalty because he's playing on one leg, great. that's great. 
But the bottom line is, you are a, almost a double-digit favorite at home against yeah. the team with yep. the, with their third-string quarterback. Yes. And you had to kick a field goal as time expired to win 33-30. to 30. You gave up 30 points at home to these guys? Yeah. To a, bag, to a bag of bums. Yeah. On offense. You should... You, I shouldn't say should. You could be one four and one right now. Could, yeah. Winless Very at much. home, yeah. Right. I, I don't have any. I don't have any more defense. I mean, as as much as I tell you, I don't try to homer this stuff. I at least try to look at it from a. Well, there's a possibility that these things exist where, you know, you got a new defensive coordinator with a new scheme, old players from a past regime. I I don't really have any other explanation other than the fact that I think Ted Thompson has missed on way too many defensive draft picks and they have not done a good job in, and I said this, I think on last week's episode, it puts more pressure on you to try and fill those holes with free agents, which they don't do, and they tried to do that this year a little bit, mostly on offense, but now you're seeing the fruits of that labor of Thompson's misfires, and you've got maybe two or three guys, aside from the rookies, because I think you got to give the rookies a chance, um, and I think Alexander Jackson, if he can stop holding in the secondary, they look all right. King... He looks to be a, an okay player. Nobody in the linebackers needs to come back except for Oren Burks because he's a rookie. And then you got Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels up front. I don't know that there's anybody on that defense worth keeping. Yeah, it's interesting. On the entire 53-man roster, I would say that they have two playmakers. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback. Devontae Adams. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that's with it. that. And yeah. that's kind of amazing, really, that... Um, that that is the case, but it's 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 the gift and the curse of having Aaron Rodgers on your team, because if he plays a full season, you're never going to be you're never going to be bad enough to get a a really high pick because he's too good. He can win you he can win you games like this against San Francisco, where your entire team's a dumpster fire, but he can make a couple plays at the end of the game and you win. When you probably shouldn't have won, so you're never gonna be four and twelve with Rodgers if he right. plays the whole year. At the same time, because you're not gonna ever be four and twelve, you're gonna be nine and seven, ten and six a lot of years when you're not any good. And people, including probably people that work at, in the front office, you get this false sense of, well, we're close, Are but you? you're but you're really not close. You just have a guy on your team that's so good, he's able to single-handedly win some games for you. And it it kind of leads into my analogy that I told you I was going to hit you with today. Um, to me, Aaron Rodgers is Mike Trout. Um, he's the best player in the sport, and it doesn't matter. It, it really does. He can win all the MVPs that he wants to win. And same with Mike Trout playing with the Angels. Probably win another one this year. Great, great player. Talking about him being one of the all-time greats. He's got like eight postseason at-bats in his career, and he's been in the league for like eight years. That's great. But, you know, if if at the end of the day you don't have the, the championship hardware or the people, or it's mostly you don't have the people and the infrastructure around you. You know, the Angels have made stupid moves. They go up, they give $300 million to Pools. They give a bunch of money to Josh Hamilton, who's got a drinking problem. They've overpaid for 
for pitching uh, that has not panned out. Same thing with the Packers. Why can they not find a running back? Why? Uh, my better question is, they found a running back, and right now they're not using him, but they they thought they found one in Eddie Lacy, and then they didn't use him as an insane workhorse. They want this running back by committee, and that might be an old dog Mike McCarthy thing when everybody in the league seems to want to find a stud running back and then ride the guy or find at least one guy to compliment him, and then you got a pretty good two-headed attack. We're wrapped up in this Ty Montgomery blitz pickup. Aaron Jones can't can't protect Aaron Rodgers, and Jamal Williams just isn't the superstar. So none of them can play and get the bulk of the carries. When really you got to find a guy that's explosive enough that can catch the ball out of the backfield on these screen plays there that they go. run all the time that's and these quick the, things. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers turning around and handing it to somebody. Where is the Kamara, the James White, the Kareem Hunt? Why do the Packers... Where's the Tariq Cohen? If memory serves, they had a good one when Favre was there in Amon Green. Yes. He caught the ball out of the backfield all the time. Yep. Eddie Lacy had no hands. Nope. And it seems like they haven't gotten back to that. If you want that short passing game, if you want to run those screen plays, you got to have a guy who's dangerous at doing that, and he's got to be accounted for. Yep. And they don't have it. No, and it's it's hard to figure out why they just they have not been able to figure out that position. I mean, even the year the Packers won the Super Bowl. You know, Starks played well down the stretch. He was a playoff monster. Yeah, he played well down the stretch for them, but he, he couldn't catch the ball. He no. couldn't hang on to the ball. That's why he's not on the team anymore. Right. But other than that, they Rodgers has never had anybody back there, and it's just baffling to me. I just don't I, – I, I, I mean, are they putting their resources somewhere else? Does McCarthy say that's not the type of offense that I want to run? I want two or three good guys, and then they stick to the dudes that they drafted. I mean, Devontae Mays, I don't even I don't even think he's on the team anymore. Well, I, he, he very well may be. Stubbornness but. is not a good trade anymore for coaching. Well, in adaptability very, and flexibility. Okay, so I get, I get. Then I guess my question is: at the end, when this is now becoming a yearly topic and even a weekly topic, um, for the future of a head coach, when this whole thing is done, this year, you mean? No, when Rodgers is done and McCarthy is probably gone before he is done in Green Bay, what's the whole conversation going to be like on whose fault is it that Green McCarthy's. Bay didn't get Aaron Rodgers more Super Bowl M- rings? McCarthy and Thompson will take the blame. They're not going to blame Rodgers. It's just, they're just not. And, you know, part of me understands that. Um, you know, he he hasn't had the the blow up what in the world is going on playoff games that Favre had. Mm-hmm. You know, Rodgers has not played great in some of their losses, but he hasn't been six interceptions at the Rams bad. Right. Um, I so that. I don't think he's ever going to get that kind of blame. I think it's going to go on McCarthy and Thompson. Um, you know, I will be, I mean, barring barring some kind of miraculous miracle this year with the Packers. Ooh, I like the miraculous miracle. Yeah, That's it's a, good. a double whammy there. <laughs> That the Packers somehow get to or win the Super Bowl, I oh. cannot see McCarthy being the coach next year. It, it just it just seems like this is kind of the end of the road for that marriage. 
and it's probably your young GM now has been there right. and has seen a lot of things. Let me bring in my own guy. Yes. Let's change some things up. Let's yep. give. Let's make one last run with Rodgers. Try to try to maybe get a little more modern. Maybe do some more things like you see the Saints and the Falcons and some of these higher scoring teams do. Um, I would just be very surprised if if McCarthy was back next year. But we've been saying that for the last couple of years, so I guess who knows. Remember, everybody's got to report to my Mark Murphy in that whole system now in the front office. Including in the Stridex pads that he needs for that crater face. Yeah, and the Dick Tracy. Uh, Good God. What, that was, uh, he could be definitely a Ooh. character on that. All right. How about your Bears? Yeah. Wow. Was that awful? Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, I, I'm not a fan. And when, when teams that I don't like sometimes perform like that, I get a good belly laugh, but there's also times that that happens and it makes me uncomfortable. That made me uncomfortable. Like, oh my God, well, what's going on? Which part? Well, the whole thing. I mean, the the defense got tired. Oh, they, but it uh, has been. Well, I this game was in Miami. It was 95 degrees. It was super hot. Khalil Mack messed his ankle up midway through the game. I mean... It, none of that matters because mm-hmm. Miami had to deal with it too. But I just think the Bears, especially on a, like the the long touchdown play at the end of the oh, yeah. uh, towards the end of the mm-hmm. of the fourth quarter, there, I thought their defense just looked gassed. I mean, that guy was running by those the Bear defenders like they were standing still. <laughs> um, to me, it boils down to again the same reason they lost to the Packers in Week One. Nagy, their coach, got conservative. Kornheiser brought that up, or maybe it was Wilbon. I can't remember which one of it did, but you put him in a couple of big games and say, here's the game, close it out. Yeah, yeah. And he can't do it. Uh-uh. And he's not ready for that yet or hasn't learned how to do it. And I don't know how that's possible well, because, again, I'm not a coach, but you you, you put your, your team in a position to do it and you, and you hand it to them and for, it slips through their fingers. To me, it tells me one of two things. Either the coach ain't ready, or the coach does not have the confidence in his quarterback that he portrays that he does. Can it be both? Because well, sure, it could be both. But you know, you got the ball on the thirty-seven yard line in overtime, where time is not a factor. No, I got to do you a score. Throw, you can throw three incompletions. Time's not a factor here. So, but they chose to run the ball up the gut three times. <laughs> that doesn't make any any sense. Why would you settle for a 53-yard field goal? I mean, if you complete one pass and get down to the 30, now it's a 43- or 44-yard field goal. I mean, it's similar to what happened in the Packer game. He got conservative. They couldn't get a first down. They had to punt, gave the ball back to Rodgers, and they scored. Um, It's disappointing. It's certainly a game they should have won. Um, looking ahead, now they have New England this week, and I believe the following week or the week after, I think they have the Rams. Um, week after that is so, the, the the Packers have the you Rams. know you had an opportunity to but to get a there. full game lead yeah. on a couple of teams in your division and you allowed yourself to come back to the pack and um I I it will bite them it, it probably it probably cost them a playoff appearance this year I think you can't what, lose games like that you because I don't not only that you lost to Brock. <laughs> Flipping Osweiler. Osweiler. Yeah. Yes. He yeah. and he actually he looked play, he played pretty okay. good. Yep. You're right. But the bottom line is 
if you if you're a top five defense, can't happen. You can't lose to Brock Osweiler. No. Can't happen. You can't let a guy catch a screen pass in the fourth quarter and run 80 yards. And I guess looking at it macro, you didn't come into the year looking for a playoff berth. No, 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 no not at all. So it's it, it's not like this would be uh you know a huge letdown of epic proportions if the Bears don't make the playoffs for you. But at the same time, when you see a couple of things, you're like, okay, they're certainly capable. Yep. But they're also capable of showing you that they're not even close to being and, ready. And Tr- Trubisky's played very well the last two weeks, and he's showed off a little bit of the the weaponry they have with Gabriel and mm-hmm. Allen Robinson, but he still missed a couple throws in that game that if he makes, they're huge plays. You know, a couple of overthrows down the seam. Mm-hmm. you got to make those plays, man. If you're going to win on the road and you want to make the playoffs, got to make those plays. All right, around the league, uh, pretty much the normal contenders for the good category. Um, you had the Chiefs, the Rams, Patriots, and the Steelers. Yeah, I thought the Steelers have kind of righted the ship a little bit here, looks like. Um, you know, I think they're resolved to the fact now that they're not going to have Bell. Or if, oh, no. or if they do. What is that nonsense about him reporting week seven, eight, or nine, or whatever it was? Yeah, and that's so not. That, you can't, you can't, you got to move on. But when your quarterback comes out and says, I hope it's not the end of the running back we got right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a very good endorsement no, of no that that Le'Veon Bell. That tells me that that's a team that's moved on. For sure. You know, and yep. and I think for for Pittsburgh in the long run that's probably a good thing. I would agree with you. Uh bad. God, the Raiders are bad. <laughs> and so I'll tell you what. What the hell are they doing to Marcus Mariota? The guy can't move. He dropped back like 50 times the other day and he got sacked 11 Times at some point, as the as an offensive coordinator, you you got to change something up here, or or take the guy out of the game. If there's five minutes to go in the game, get him out. What what are you doing? There's no. Is he your franchise quarterback or, or not? Because he's not going to do any good with four broken limbs. Good lord! <laughs> you put the Packers in. I that, did. In just, that, no, you know, I'm, just, I'm not disagreeing. Not disagreeing with that placement. They at won, all. but it's it's not it's not good. Uh, the Eli, we said this at the beginning of the season. At least I did that. The that that he's done. The in, New, in you New mean, York. You mean the New York Beckhams? I like how the owner said that he needs less talking and more playing. Beautiful. Uh, it's great. So beautiful. That's that's fine with me. Um, Guy wants to be a star, but he doesn't want to do it on the field. He wants to be a media. He wants to be a social media then star. Quit, then quit playing football. Yeah. Either well, he can't. He, got, he likes that money, man. Yep. Then start actually playing football. That's why Jason Whitlock's been saying for two years, Giants are fools if they pay him. They're fools because this is who he is. I mean, John Merrick coming out and saying it, I love what he said, but don't get mad at Beckham. Get mad at yourself because this is who he was when you drafted him. Not and like he has not changed surprise. at all. No. Uh, Colts and the ja- the Jaguars. I mean, you know, AFC Championship, and now, I, I, where are we at now? Nowhere, I, nowhere good. Um, and the Colts. I, I kind of feel bad for Andrew Luck at this point. I do too. I do too. I, I actually, their their record sucks, but they're not that bad. They just don't have a defense. Because he's putting up monster numbers. They're scoring like 30 and points a game. And I'm glad he can actually throw the yeah. ball. Yeah, I like him. He's a really good player. 
And he but, seems to be a good dude yeah. when, when he talks and as far as team leadership. And, you know, you want to wish well for the guy, but it's that's not a good team. No. At all. Well, um, and, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in, in team success starts at the top. And when the top is Mr. Uh, Ursay, ugh. not good things will not happen. No. Uh, I'm glad the Packers are on a bye. I could use the break, uh, to be honest. And I would really want to concentrate on the Brewers. So no news coming from Green Bay this week is fine with me. <laughs> um, I'm probably not going to watch any of that New England-Chicago game. Um, and I know you probably will. Yeah, uh, I'll I'd, probably check some of it out. Um, I suppose it'll depend on where, where, we at in, where, where we're at with baseball. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what the schedule will be for that, but... Other uh, team in the division, Minnesota, playing at the New York Jets. I don't really have any feeling on that game uh, one way or the other. I just saw today that Minnesota lost for the second year in a row their number one draft pick. Oh, really? The, the cornerback, Hughes, tore his ACL oh. with, with Cook last year and tearing his ACL. That's not Ouch. a two, two, number, two first-round picks in a row going down in the year with with torn ACLs. It's not a, hey, congratulations, you were just taken to the first round by Minnesota. Great, I'll see you next year after I hurt myself. Yeah, that sucks. That's pretty much what you're in line for. That sucks. Who else you got over there? Uh, Carolina at Philadelphia. Um, just an interesting game. A couple of teams that are kind of, yeah, they're kind of teetering on the yep. are we good or not. Um, Tennessee at Jacksonville, it's kind of a, that's kind a, of a crap fest. That, that, but, that's a hot mess game. But they're both there's they're both three and three in that division, and somebody's got to win the AFC South. Is this going to be another one of those that wins the division with a losing record? Eight and seven and one or something might get it. I mean, who knows with the tiebreakers yeah. and how this works? And, and getting at seven and you nine know even or, Houston, who's not very good, no, they're in the mix still. Um, Saints at Baltimore. That, that should sh- be a decent game. Yeah. Very I, different philosophies there. I'm always interested to watch Drew Brees outside against a good D. Yeah. You know, yep. it's it's always that's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um Dallas at Washington uh, all the, of a sudden is those are fun. Uh, you know, it's got implications right now. I mean, I know we're awful early, but it's also a, just a just a garbage dump of, it, of of a division. It is. But that's a pretty nasty rivalry too. Oh no, I'm that, not taking one. anything away from that, but and then um, game of the week for me is uh, Bengals Bank- at the Chiefs. Bengals that, look good. good Kansas yeah. City's at home. You got people continuing to pile on um, accolades on on uh, Mahomes. Well, he's legit. He's legit. They they don't have a defense, but they score a lot of points. So that's the NFL that is uh, happening and has happened. Um, the Bucks are on. Uh, season opener tonight against uh, Charlotte. Yeah, I I didn't catch who all was in the starting lineup, but I know that Brogdon and Bledsoe are in there. I'm I mean I'm assuming you got Giannis, Middleton, you got Middleton, and Lopez. Brooke okay, Lopez. Yeah, all right. That's their there, that's are, the five they ran with most of the preseason. Right. So that's what they're starting with do, tonight. Do you, uh, did you notice anything in the preseason aside from the radical shift in offense philosophies, which everybody knew was coming? From Budenholzer, um, people, uh, the players all seem to have embraced it. They seem to like it. Mm-hmm. There's kind of renewed energy there. They like putting up a lot of points. Yep. Um, put you know, getting the ball into the playmakers' hands. Get it, get it to the hoop. Go. I think the thing I've noticed the most with this team over the last couple of years is the depth. Um, they've got more guys that can do uh, a variety of things. You know, um, not as much like specialists as 
maybe they've had in the past, like a Jason Terry who just comes in to shoot threes. Now they've got a little more versatility. You know, um, Sterling Brown, DiVincenzo, Delvadova, those guys can play um, off ball, on ball as, at the guard position. Urson um, and Snell can come in, can shoot, defend, rebound. Um, I, you know, not sure how the backup center position is going to work. I think it'll start with Henson. Um, you know, Thon is not dressing tonight. He's still a little banged up uh, from the preseason. He only played one preseason game. Um, I'm hoping, I don't think it'll happen early. I'm hoping to see Christian Wood, who made the team, yep. um, who was kind of the summer league star. Um, I'm hoping that he eventually gets a little bit of time. Really athletic kid, only 23, um, can do a lot of stuff. Um, and I, I think that he could uh, he could fit in pretty good with the team. But um, we'll see. You know, they got to get off to a good start. The East, uh, Boston's the best team. But other than that, it's pretty open. Yeah. You know, they could finish anywhere from second to about fifth or sixth again. Um, so, you know, it's uh, obviously health is going to be a determining factor. I was wondering factor, how but. high you think they could rise with Philly out there um, as well and whether you could break that, you know, whether you could punch through that ceiling that they seem. But they've, uh, they're on a pretty gradual ascent from the last three years with wins increases and playoff bumps and stuff like that. And can you, now with a new coach and everything else, can you take another one? Is yeah. it going to be giant, or is it just going to be the normal progression that we've seen the last couple of years? Well, I, the over-under on wins in Vegas this year for them is 48. I think they'll go over that. I think they'll win 50 games they, or more. They had 44 last 44 year. 44 last year, yeah, yep. Okay. I think they're going to win fifty or between 50 and 55. Okay. Um, it's 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 so hard to say. I, I think Philadelphia is has regressed. Okay. Uh, I don't think they're as good as they were last year, um, and that's because of their depth. Um. I think Toronto, we don't know with Kawhi Leonard. Right. I mean, he's a better player than DeMar DeRozan, but how's that all going to work? Um, you know, those are really the two teams with the Bucks that are probably fighting for that second spot. But, you know, I'm kind of with Jim Paschke on this. I feel like when the Bucks finally, they haven't won a playoff series since 01. Yep. I feel like when they win one, they're going to win another one. You know what I mean? They just, like you said, they got to get through that ceiling and then everybody can kind of breathe easy. Giannis has been in the playoffs three times. He hasn't won a series yet. So he needs to, you know, if he wants to be in that conversation of best player, got to win in the playoffs. So, all right. What else? Uh, Are you still on track to go? I mean, now that the Brewers can't clinch Friday, are you on track to go on Friday night? Are you giving up those seats, or what are we doing? I'm not sure yet. Okay. Still kind of figuring that out. I got to talk to the old man, see what he's going to (laughs) do. Okay. I mean, I know there's there's a couple of big things happening in Milwaukee that yeah, night. Yeah, Bucks home so, opener in Game Six, so it's just uh, right. what, what, which one do I decide? Might be a coin flip. We'll see. Uh, Lovey Smith is in town on Saturday at Camp Randall for homecoming. Good God! Um, I'm not. Whatever happens with the Badgers this year, don't really care. Uh, honestly, after after the loss to BYU, that was a, a giant red flag to me. Um, I I had a feeling what was going to happen at Michigan uh, was going to happen, and it did. And um, and now you got you know you're looking down the barrel of a Penn State as well, and then you got your your normal Big Ten West, you know Northwestern in a week. That's never easy at Ryan Field, Uh, Illinois. They caused some even some problems last year, Mm -hmm. and I don't know why. And then, of course, he got Minnesota. So to me, I, I, you know, whatever you can, if you win the Big Ten West, that's fine. 
you give yourself a chance. But to me, if you can't beat Michigan in Ann Arbor, you play Ohio State, Penn State, you know, at Lucas Oil, and you get your doors blown off. I don't know. Okay, what does that prove? I, I, I just don't know. I love Badger football, but until they get a legitimate Division One caliber quarterback that can throw the ball vertically down the field. So you're saying that the current guy not, is not one. You cannot take them seriously as a program. I don't get, and you and I talked about this. The I state, say, let me rephrase that. You can't take them seriously as a national contender oh, program. I'm you can not take even, them seriously as a program because they've proven that. Yes. But when you're going to start them fifth in the country, that's a joke. Not with a guy who well, had 25 yards passing Midway through the four, twenty, he had 24, 25 yards passing more than I did. You can start him at that position at the beginning of the year because, for all intents and purposes, for everybody that they've talked to and everybody they heard from, um, including some pretty reputable people, that Hornybrook was on track to make monster strides. And it was clear that that has not happened. Right. So, when is that going to happen? And I guess I don't understand, and maybe this has been a thing with Wisconsin, and you can point to wins mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. you want. Yep. You can point to wins. A lot of other things revolve. It's the Joel Stave argument. Yeah. A lot of other things at that program revolve around the running game, a defense, and an offensive line. Sure. Receivers and a quarterback have generally been second tier. Tight end has been a little bit more crucial in my mind mm-hmm. in the offense mm-hmm. than either one of those. So you you can trot out the number of W's to me, but when you stack those quarterbacks, and like you like to say, you don't need to look at – I'm not talking about stats. Right. I'm talking about ability to take the game over, put the game on you. We need you make to engineer. Yeah, make a play. And for a Badger team that's been where it's been for I don't know how many years now, the last decade – I don't get how you can't find one of these quarterbacks that are in the Big Ten. Ohio State had three quarterbacks at one time, all of which was better than Wisconsin's starter. Yeah. How's that possible? Even schools like Purdue. You know, Purdue is over the years of and, and Iowa have put, you know, had some pretty solid quarterbacks or you know that have ended up playing a little bit in the pros yep. even CJ Bethard on the 49ers was a former Iowa quarterback but look this Badger team you know Hornibrook aside they're not as good as they were last year no. just across the board nope. their defense isn't as good but you knew that good. part of it right you thought that the offense was going to come in and you're going to have to outscore teams mm-hmm. but you're going to be able to have the ability to put up 30 40 maybe even 50 points in a game because it's supposedly that explosive. And I saw uh, Journal Sentinel and all-time Badger defender Jeff Patrikas talking on Twitter about this, and <laughs> it was something to the effect of, you know, if you've got tape of of Jack Cohn, who I believe is the backup, yes. if you've got some tape of him that proves that he's better than Hornibrook, you know, I'm sure Paul Christ would love to see it. Well, that's not real. I'm not saying that that guy should play, because obviously he's not better than Hornibrook. But the point is, their inability to go out and recruit a a quarterback or develop, or develop one because they did recruit one in Bart Houston. And is that an indictment on your on your coach right now, who's a quarterback guy? I think it's the stigma of the program. Unfortunately, the Badgers are looked upon as kind of a three yards and a cloud of dust, old school, you know, 
between the trenches Big Ten football. And but that's only going to take you so far. It, well, yeah, but if you're a kid, you know, if you're a top 30 quarterback in the country as a senior in high school, is that the kind of place you want to go? I don't know, because the last time that they kind of reformed the offense even a little bit, and I, I guess I wasn't paying attention too much when it was, you know, the Staves and uh, maybe a couple other ones, John Stocko. And the only time I can really remember where they split guys out a lot, and they had some tall, talented receivers, was Jim Sorge. When they Well, and they was, had Lee Evans. Right, <laughs> and, and it was only because Sorge couldn't run. Yeah, and he, he could throw the deep ball. He wasn't mobile, right. but he could sling it. Yep. And that's why he backed up, you know, uh, in Indianapolis for a great number of years because he could get and he could play a pro-style offense and he could throw the football. Yeah. Now you're looking for guys that don't necessarily need to do that, but you brought up the recruit thing. If I'm a kid and I know that Wisconsin needs a quarterback and I know that that's the biggest part of my game, I say I can give this school something that they have never had. Yeah. And you can put me behind a gigantic offensive line. You can put me behind, you know, in front of a Heisman Trophy caliber running back, and we are going to be dynamite. But it seems like these guys come here and they don't develop into the barn burners quarterbacks that you see at other at other programs. And so we as fans look at, okay, well, who's the next guy coming up? Right now, nobody's probably excited about Jack Cohn. The guy that people are probably turning to and be like, what's this Graham Mertz recruit going to be like in Mm -hmm. a couple of years Mm -hmm. who's so highly rated? And that's who you're hanging your hat on, and then he finally gets there, and then what happens? The same thing, generally. Yeah, it's it's the way it's been, unfortunately. I I don't know. It's hard to compete recruiting-wise when, you know, Ohio State brings a kid in that you're recruiting and... Shows them Heisman trophies and national championships and Big Ten titles, or you're recruiting against a kid from an SEC school, and oh hey, Peyton Manning played here. So there's Eli another Manning one. played you, here. Would, would you take Jalen Hurts or, or Tua Tagovailoa right now as quarterback for the bed? There's two of them right there that they can't get on the field at the same time. I mean, if you take out the one Russell Wilson year, which was just a weird circumstance yeah, anyway, that's, that's fine. Who's the best quarterback for the Badgers of the last thirty years, twenty five years since since the first Rose Bowl? I mean, Bollinger. I mean, do you you put Daryl Bevel even into that conversation because he got you there? Uh, do you put up Sorgi because he threw for a ton of yards? I don't know, man. I I mean, I don't know what that category looks like and how you define that. But well, today was negative day on the podcast. It really was. <laughs> And it, while we've been scoreboard watching the Brewers, it hasn't gotten any better since we've started talking. It's probably a good thing that we were in here and I was not in front of the TV. So, oh, it just got even got even worse. So, yeah, yeah. that's what pretty much it. So, the Brewers are likely going to come back to uh, Miller Park, trailing three games to two on the verge of elimination on Friday. And uh, hopefully we have better news to report next week. We don't even have a top five because I don't even think we have the energy to think about no, it. No, no, we couldn't come up with much today. And I stayed up till about 2 o'clock in the morning watching that game, so my brain's on autopilot was, today. I'm still trying to recover from Monday's late night Jeez. from me. So, All right, well, we can file this one away and <laughs> maybe do better the next week. Who knows? That's Intentional Foul. We appreciate you listening. You can subscribe wherever podcasts are found. My name is Josh. I'm Dan. Go Brewers. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you next week.